Just say amen. amen. Good morning to you and hope and pray that you're just as excited about being here in the house of the Lord to render worship unto God. Amen. As Brother Jerry said, you know, God has done the, 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 the greatest part of the job this morning. Amen. He woke us up. Amen. He has shown favor toward us. That so many who laid down last night with intentions, with plans. You know, they even had plans on what they were going to cook and eat today. And yeah. Yeah. maybe even invite some people over. But guess what? All of those plans are not to be. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Why? Because you know what? As the Hebrew writer writes in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die. Yeah. Yeah. And all of us must travel that road mm -hmm. but the thing is we don't know Man. we don't know when Man. we don't know we just know every day we're a step closer mm -hmm. every day we are a step closer and we need to take heed and make proper preparations to make sure that all things are in order Man. all things are ready yep. because that call is going to come that knock is going to come yep. And you know what? There won't be any excuse for any man to have missed in making their calling and election sure. Amen. Man, God gives us time every day. Yes, every day. So let us co continue to make preparations. Matter of fact, let us be ready. Amen. Let us be ready. Some of us have been trying to get ready for years. There has to come a point in our lives where, you know what? We should be able to say, I'm ready. Amen. Amen. I'm ready. Amen. That's not being arrogant. That's not being overconfident. That's just simply making the statement, I believe in who I believe in. Amen. And I believe he is able. And I am ready because I'm living day to day, presenting my body a living sacrifice. Amen. Holy and acceptable unto him yeah. because it is my reasonable service Amen. unto God. Amen. 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 This morning, this morning, you know, I, I gave a lot of thought, a lot of prayer and about this lesson. And I don't know, maybe it's me. And, and I asked myself, but then I said, no, 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 it's not me. You, you're a lie, devil. Because sometimes the devil try to ease in and say, well, you know how it is. You know, it. no, no. Many Christians just don't take the Christian life serious. Right, right now. Let me put it this way. You look in the Old Testament and you see things that God commanded of his people. And they rebel. They sneaked and did things they shouldn't. But then you come and look at today. And you say, man, why am I seeing the same thing today as I saw in the people of old? Did not they take God serious? Right. Apparently they didn't. Many did not. And they paid a price. But not only did many pay the immediate price of death for their rebellious, their disobedience, many decisions people made 
by not obeying and trusting and doing what God said was passed down through the generation. And the generation suffered. Just as we see in our society today. Let me bring it closer. Just as we see in the church today. I'm, I'm just amazed when I don't care how much it is preached about being unequally yoked. Our young ladies are still going out there fishing and are joining themselves with non-Christians. Our young men are still fishing, going out there joining themselves to non-Christians. You know, we're talking about bringing about lessons to encourage and to restore and to build up and to strengthen marriages. Well, first of all, you got to get the right marriage. First, you got to get the right marriage. And I, and, I, and I ask myself, what is it that people are, aren't getting? What is it that people aren't getting that they will still leave the church and go out unto unbelievers and marry themselves unto unbelievers and then want to act like they're in such a holy relationship with God. Let me let me let me begin my lesson by sharing some scriptures and uh, Harrison, if you can put up there Galatians three twenty six twenty seven. And, and I just want to throw some scriptures out at you and then to the males and I'm talking sisters, if y'all want to grab something out of this lesson this morning, feel free. But I'm talking to the males. This morning, M-A-L-E-S. I ain't talking to some woman who want to be a man. If you were born with a penis, I'm talking to you. Now, can I make it any clearer than that? Galatians 3, 26. The Bible said, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I have no problem with that. God created us all. Amen. 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 Verse 27 says what? For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So the the scripture says for me to be in Christ. For me to have been baptized. For me to acknowledge that I am a disciple of Christ. A Christian. I must have been baptized into Christ. Christ. That is the only way I can put on Christ. Let me ask you this. What is my condition outside of Christ? Laws. Laws. Anybody oppose or object to that? Is there any hope in in my life at all of going to heaven outside of Christ? No. Would, Would I be out of line to say I am hell bound Outside of Christ. Would I be correct. Or would I be incorrect to say. That I don't stand a snowball chance in hell. Of pleasing God. Outside of Christ. Would I be correct. 
Would I be correct to say that God heareth not the sinner? Amen. The person that is outside of Christ ain't no need in him trying to pretend there's a relationship that's not truly there. Amen. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes. And that all goes back to a need of being baptized into Christ. Amen. Amen. Mark 16, 16. Put that up there. I figured I'll work you this morning instead of me. <laughs> Mark 16, 16. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is what? Yes. Shall be what? Save. But he that believeth not shall be what? Let me ask you this. Can you get out of this? He that is a good person. And believe in God shall be saved. That's not what this says, is it? This says he that believeth and is what? And what does what does baptism do? It puts us into Christ. We just read in Galatians 327, right? It puts us into Christ, right? So it doesn't matter how good you may feel or think that a person may be. Amen. The Bible says he that believeth and their faith prompts them to be baptized. They are the ones that shall be what? Saved. Saved. But he that believeth not or in other words, he that is not prompt to follow through on what's required. What? Shall be damned. Is there any hope for the person who does not believe and is baptized? Can a person who does not believe and is not baptized pray for you to our one true God? No. Put that first Peter three twenty one. First Peter 3.21, the Bible said the light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Yeah. What saves us? Baptism. baptism. And baptism does what? Galatians 3.27? Puts us where? In Christ. In Christ. The light figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. So in other words, if I want to have a pure, holy relationship, a pure conscience toward God, I have to obey him. Am I correct? Did not God command baptism? If I reject or refute baptism, can I have a pure conscience toward God? Can, can a person have a holy relationship with God? No. Outside of baptism? No. Okay. Not the putting away of the, fil- the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God yeah. by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's important that we 
are baptized into Christ. To have the right foundation laid before any other foundation or before any other relationship can be established. Would you agree with that? Well, if, if we agree with all of these things concerning baptism, concerning prayer, that, hey, God heareth not the sinner, but he that does what? He that doeth the will. Yeah. Right? If we agree with all of these principles outlined in the scriptures, why would you go seek out somebody outside of Christ? That's right. See, this only leads me to believe. It only leads me to believe when we constantly have men in the church. And I say I'm talking to men. I'm talking to males today. Young boys. I'm talking to you, Harrison. You, Hamilton. Are you, I'm, if you are a male CJ, I'm talking to every male in here. If you understand what we just went over, the importance of being in Christ, yeah. Yeah. but yet you will seek out strange women. That tells me you're not concerned about the spiritual values. Right. Of your soul. Right. The only thing that you're truly exhibiting and that you're acknowledging right now is you only care about your flesh. Yeah. That's it. Because you see something that's appealing to your eyes, you like it, and regardless of that person's position about your God, regardless of the fact that God will say, leave her alone, you chase it. You chase after it anyway. Now here's the sad part. Some of us as parents, we don't even take the position to even tell our young men and our young boys and everything. You know what? What you need to do is get yourself together spiritually. Because you could go out there, I don't care how young of an age, you start at a young age liking. Then you start smelling yourself. Then hormones kick in and everything. You're going to need God to help you to control your hormones. But how many of us as parents are instilling in our young men and our boys... Look, God don't want you fooling around with those Jezebels. Well, brother, man, I don't think it's nice. I don't think you're right. You calling you calling these young girls Jezebels, this and that. If they don't respect your God. And, And you know what? Maybe so. Maybe so I'm wrong for calling them Jezebel. Because if you don't respect your own God, why should I expect them to respect it? Amen. Amen. Listen to the story over in first in First Kings. First Kings. Here we have a story. What a story. What a story. First Kings chapter eleven. But King Solomon loved many strange women. 
Not because of how they look. As the translation, Brother Kyrie read, said foreign. Foreign into the relationship that, look, they didn't know his God. There's, they served idol gods. They served other gods. But the Bible said King Solomon loved these women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites. Oh, man. He loved him some strange women. Solomon had a fetish for the exact thing God said don't touch. Don't entangle yourself with. Verse number two of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go in to them, neither shall they come in unto you. How, how much clearer does that need to be made? Don't you go out there and bother them. And when they come knocking at your door, don't you answer. For surely, listen to this, folks. For surely. God said, for surely. They will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. Solomon was a wise man. But even in all of his wisdom, he allowed his carnal thinking to take control and to rebel and go against what God said. Amen. It goes on to say, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Yeah. These strange women. Yeah. These strange women got to him. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. As was the heart of David, his father. Now just imagine this for a moment. We know, we talk about David all the time. A man after God's own heart. A man who walked uprightly in the sight of God. That, you know, we say all of these things and know all of these things. David had his faults. He, he had his valleys. But yet, he rose up. God knew the purity. God knew the truthfulness of the heart of David. And the Bible said, Solomon fell short. Yeah. Solomon fell short. Yeah. The things that his father did and the things that David did as a king and as a servant of God, Solomon fell short. Yeah. Man. Because of these strange 
It goes on to say, <laughs> for Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Solomon half stepped. And Solomon got to the point where, hey, God, I still know who you are. But I'm not going to serve you fully. I'm still going to acknowledge you here and there, but yet I'm still going to hang out over here. My, my wife, this particular wife right here, she want this. She want this. And you know what? My heart is torn between you, God, and her. And you know what? I just feel it's important that I give her what she wants. And what were some of the things these wives wanted? They wanted Solomon to be an altar, to burn incense, and to to do things unto their idol gods. Well, how can you serve the one true God? And yet serve an idol God over here. Well, Solomon was torn. He was torn because it was important to him and his carnal way of thinking that, you know what? I I, I just feel, I don't want my wives to be unhappy. Hmm. And Solomon made a decision. He made a decision when there even came the point that he had to choose. Man, when there comes a point, you got to choose between God and something. You've already made a decision. Because there's nothing that should ever come to the point where you should have to choose. God should be first in everything. Verse number seven, then did Solomon build a high place for Shemos, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Amnon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrifice unto their gods. Solomon felt, I need to please them. And the only thing they desired the most was, we want an altar to worship our idol God. You're my husband. You're king. Build it for me. And the Lord was very angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice. But make a long story short, God dealt with Solomon. God dealt with Solomon, not so much directly in dealing with him, but he just dealt with him in a way that went down through the lineage. You're not like your daddy. 
That's one of the things God kept bringing to Solomon's faith. You're not like your daddy. Strange women. God said they they will turn your heart away from me. When I look at our young men who are coming up through elementary and junior high and high school now, what is being instilled in them about young ladies who don't serve the same God that they serve? What what is this what is this chant I hear about we're always gazing and, and raving about how cute she is, how pretty she is, but why isn't there a discussion about her spirituality? All right, now. Why isn't there a discussion about how she can end up ruining your son? Yeah, man. Why isn't there much conversation and discussion about, son, I know what you see. And I know she might be popular. But think about it. Who is she popular around and about? She's a popular, she's popular around other believers and heathens. Right. Just don't call it what it is. Is she popular around Christians? How can she be popular around Christians and she ain't a Christian? Christians, young, Christian young girls got it all. First and foremost, they got God. Amen. And if you don't understand that, you need to learn and understand that. Amen. It ain't about the kind of purse you carry and about the kind of shoes you wear. That's right. It ain't about you dressing half naked and how you get your hair braided and all of this other stuff. You got it because of how you are designed and who you are from the inside out. But how do we get our young men and our young boys to understand this if it's not being instilled in them, first of all, at home? That's right. Oh, she's so cute. She's so cute. She's so cute. And what do we say? Everything that look good ain't good for you. What's the message that we're sending our young men? Well, you didn't oppose me chasing and hanging out and being with these young girls when I was in, you know, junior high and high school. Why all of a sudden you want to flip the script on me? And tell me I'm going to hell now all of a sudden when I get older. If it's wrong when I'm older, why weren't you teaching me it was wrong when I was younger? That's my question. Did, Did God ever say, well, they're young. Let, let them enjoy. Let them do. Where, where, where in the Bible? Have, have I missed something? Seeds so plant it when, they're, when you're young. Amen. 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 You say, well, Brother May, that, that was Solomon. He, he, 
he he was an old man. He he was an old guy, and you know you would think he should have known better. Yeah, you you would think he would have. But as the Bible said, the spirit is always willing. But the flesh is what? The flesh is weak. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Hmm. Young men, y'all with me? Mm -hmm. I ain't expect you to sit down. Because you, you, you're you probably standing there saying to yourself, well, Brother May, when you was at such and such an age, you know what? When I was such and such an age, you're right. I may not have done everything I supposed to have done. But because I may not have done everything I supposed to have done, should you be foolish enough to do wrong? God spared me, but is there a guarantee he's going to spare you? And if you die in your sin... Then what? Huh? Well, brother, man, you ain't got old and everything. And now you don't want me to have no fun. Define fun. Define fun. Second Corinthians chapter six. Verse 14, the Bible says, put, put, put that up there, Harrison, put that up there. Second Corinthians chapter six. The Bible says, be ye not what? Unequally yoked together with who? What is an unbeliever? What is an unbeliever? Outside of Christ. Yeah. And, and Paul writes and says, what? Be not what? Why? Why? Oh, what fellowship? If, if I am a believer, I, I live a righteous life. I'm striving to present my body a what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. How often? Every day, right? I'm called to not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of my mind that I may prove what is that good, perfect, acceptable will of God. I don't think like they think in the world. Amen. So Paul writes, be ye not unequally yoked with together, together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with what? So what is being declared as unrighteousness? Unbelievers, right? And what communion had light with what? What is being considered darkness? Unbelievers. See, why, why are we struggling to say that? Because we struggle with calling people who are outside of Christ what they really are. 
They're darkness. Yeah. They're unbelievers. Yeah. They're unrighteous. That's right. And I'm not saying this to be mean-spirited or harsh. I'm just simply saying what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says, when I became a Christian, I became special in God's sight. Amen. I became separated. Yeah. I became special in such a way that God said, I don't want you going back to what I just brought you out of. Amen. And one way of making sure that you don't find yourself entangled into that same darkness again is you stay away from it. Put up the next verse. And what concord had Christ with Belial? Or the devil? Or what part had he that believeth with an infidel? What's an infidel? Huh? An unbeliever, right? The question is asked, what part does a child of God have with somebody who is not a believer? Put the next one up. 16. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? Is there any relationship? For ye are the temple of the living God. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When I was baptized into Christ and I came up out of that water, my, my body was purchased from me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen. Now my body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Am I right or wrong? Amen. It is the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Well, tell me this. Tell me this. If God's objective through baptism was to purchase that lost soul, was to purchase that person and bring them out of darkness into his marvelous light and to dwell in them, what? Good. What profit does God have going back to dwell with these other sinful folks? How would it benefit God? Help me out. So there's no benefit in going back to darkness. Amen. Amen. I would dwell in them. And I and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Next verse 17. Wherefore come out from what? Wherefore come out. Everybody, let's read this together. Wherefore and said who? Do we understand that? Yes, sir. Do we understand that? Why are we still going out there entangling ourselves with the unclean thing? How can I present myself 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, fooling with unclean things. Huh? So once again, there, there must be some truth to the fact I, I'm really not concerned totally on my spiritual. I'm seeking to please my flesh. And I figure if I'm happy in my flesh, I could just throw God anything and he'll, he'll be, as we say, he understands. You know what? You better be careful what you claim God understands. God don't understand sin. That's right. He don't he don't he don't deal with sin. He don't dwell where sin is. Amen. So if it's if it's that important to you to go out and 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 entangle yourself among the unclean things. Apparently, God ain't dwelling in you. Amen. Apparently, God ain't walking with you. That's right. So what what can we do? And I'm speaking as far as the benefit and the welfare of the church. How how can we save the future of our young men? How can we save them from the Delilahs, the spiritual Delilahs, the carnal Delilahs? You say, well, Brother May, you act like every person outside of the church is a bad person. I'm just saying every person outside of the church is lost. Now tell me and show me in the Bible different. I'm saying that every person outside of the church has no hope, no chance in hell of going to heaven. Can you show me different in the Bible? I'm saying that every person outside of the church. Has not Christ. Well if they have not Christ. Who is their father? What do we do? What do we do for our young men? They, they, they have come because they fear I have to come while they are in elementary, junior high, or high school, or whatever. But this is why you don't see them after high school. That's right. Because many have decided, I don't want to make this impression of how important it is for them to, to, to be separate, to be holy, to be set apart until they have gone out and made a baby. Now you're sick and tired and you're mad because he went out there with some chicken head. And she gets on your nerves. 
You can't stand the fact that I got to deal with this woman the rest of my life because my, my son got a baby by this girl. Now, it, now all of a sudden, it's important you, you see the need, why you need to live as a Christian. Why you need, but if the right seeds had been planted earlier. And I'm just simply asking the question, are the seeds being planted? Are the seeds being planted? Because, see, we, we got some older men, you know what? They're, they're set in their ways. Yeah. And I don't care what you tell them, you know what? They're going to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Amen. Uh, maybe it's time to shift our attention to those in junior high and elementary. And encourage them. And teach them. That 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 young girl out there, even even at that young age in in elementary and 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 junior high and high school, you know what? They thinking about sex. They thinking about sex. Even though they may not understand it, they're thinking about it. What are we instilling in our young men concerning the holiness of God? How many of us are sitting down telling our sons, son, she will turn your heart away from your God. But how much have we taught our sons about And all of Solomon's greatness. People always talk about his wisdom. How he didn't ask for anything. God bless him with all it. But you know what? It's sad to have the commentary. Attached to your name. He loves strange women. And no strange women. Brought division. Between him and his God. What do we see happening in the church today? When, when young men brought up in the church decide, hey, I'm going out there. Hook up with these strange women. These strange women don't care about our God. Amen. Now you're raising a child or some children up in a divided environment whether you're married or not you're bringing them up in a divided environment well mama don't mama don't see the importance of coming to church mama don't talk about God God ain't that big of an issue and then when you spend your time with the child and around the child, you want to make the best impression. You want to encourage them and try to teach them about who God is and everything. You've got a child growing up in a ball of confusion. Yes, sir. 
But I love my mama, but my mama don't care about God. And I love my daddy, but so we raise a generation of weaker children. who is not prepared to serve God the way they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The warfare they're already dealing with is right there between their own hands. Yeah. So they feel torn. I don't want, I don't want to talk about God around mama because she don't want to hear it. So the devil offers a solution. Just forget about God. Just be a good person. Where have you ever read that being good saved? A good man steps ordered by God. So I leave you with a question today. What do we do? Do we, do we continue to be quiet? Do we continue to, to skin and grin and laugh and, and talk about, oh, how cute it is that our young men are chasing these Jezebels and these Delilahs and all oh, these, oh, aren't they so cute? But what about their soul? That's right. What about the church? What about the church? You're wondering why you don't hear young men saying, I want to be a preacher or elder or deacon anymore. Because you know what? They've been, they've been pausing. Yes, sir. If the lives haven't already been messed up, they don't see what it would profit to serve in no capacities anymore. Amen. Why? Because you know what? Some Delilah has turned them out. Yeah. Put that back up there, 2 Corinthians 6. Back it up to 15. Go back to 14. And I'm going to read these and I'm going to be done. Because I believe this is true. Yes, sir. And whether we adhere to it or believe it, you know what? You're going to stand in judgment one day and give an account for it. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The Jews of today seem to still understand that. I'm not saying that makes them right. But they, they tend to understand. I don't want my children around these other folks who believe other than what we believe. 
We have the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we understand it? Right. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Yeah. And what communion hath light with darkness? Yeah. What's the connection? What's the connection with sending our young men, allowing our young men to go out there and intermingle with these forbidden fruits? What's the connection? Where, where's the glorification in God? There isn't any. Next verse, 15. And what concord had Christ with Belial? And what part had he that believeth with an infidel? Where's the spiritual edification? And fooling and messing around with an unbeliever. Oh, he's cute. Oh, she's cute. Got some money. But what shall it profit a man? To gain the whole world. And lose your soul. Next verse. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah. After baptism, amen? amen. See, many, many of us don't understand our true worth. Yeah. We don't understand who we are. Yeah. As God has said, oh, listen to this. As God had said, mm -hmm. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be what? My people. Yeah. 17. Wherefore? Condition upon the previous verse. Yeah. Wherefore? Come out from among them. Yeah. And be ye separate, yeah. said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Amen. You say, Brother May, when brother, when brother Paul wrote that, you know, people, that was a different time. People are giving themselves over to the idol gods and this and that. And what are people giving themselves over to today? But this is what I want you to remember. He said in the end. I will. And I will receive you. That's conditional. Yeah. Yes it is. That's conditional upon. What? Coming ye out from. Among them. Yeah. So you could put on the. You could put on the. The, the, the mask. The, the, the front. The fake all you want to. You go out there messing with these unclean things. God will not receive you. You wasted your life. You may have enjoyed, you may have, you, hey, you may have pleased your flesh in the time that you had to please it with that person. But unto God, you have wasted your life. You wonder why 
In Matthew 7, 21, following said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. Because many of us, we're not seeking Christ first. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We're first seeking what satisfies our flesh. And folks, what's good to your flesh ain't always good unto God. We have work to do. We have decisions to make. And we need to make some decisions. If we're going to be the church of Christ, we we need to stop praising people when they go outside of the church and tangle themselves, give themselves over to marriage, to unbelievers and everything. Ain't Ain't nothing to congratulate them about. Ain't nothing to be joyful about regarding that. Hear me well. Yes, I'm saying that. Ain't nothing to post on Facebook about saying you're happy for them. You're happy about it. What what is there to rejoice about and congratulate somebody about who's going against God's will? And how do you represent holiness? Holiness. How do you how do you represent righteousness when God said, "Come ye out from among them and be ye separate," but yet you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm so happy for you." Basically what you say, I'm happy you're condemning yourself to a life of sin and go to hell. I'm saying you need to grow up. Amen. You're going to be the church of Christ. Hold up the values of the church of Christ. Amen. Call a spade a spade. Yeah. Call righteousness, righteousness. Call sin what it is. Stop lying and pandering with folks when they do wrong. Wherefore, come ye out. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Be ye separate. Yeah. Be walk, being a Christian, hey, it, 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 it causes you to walk by yourself sometimes. You're not really by yourself. God is always with you when you do what's right. But people don't always want to be with you. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you folks talking about something where the Bible say you know if, if, if a person is married to a non-Christian that you know what if, if both of your sinners and one become a Christian you don't have the right to put that other person away That's right. but the Bible does not contradict itself about you being a Christian going out there or joining yourself to a non-Christian You're a Christian. You're supposed to be holy. You're supposed to be separate. That's right. Now, if this ain't the teaching you want, or or that 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 fits your fanny regarding your spiritual walk, you know what? Maybe you need to go look. But if we're gonna be the Church of Christ, we're gonna have to be separate. 
And we're going to have to call things by what the Bible call it. And we're going to have to stand on what the Bible calls for us to stand on. Amen. If you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel. And you haven't surrendered your will as the scripture we went over. There is no hope of eternal life in heaven outside of Christ. Amen. You must surrender your will. And give your life to Christ. Amen. If you're here today and you haven't done so, today would be a great day to do it. Amen. To get yourself right. Yeah. For us who are in Christ, and we've strayed, or we we we've had other thoughts about. How to go about doing things. You know what? Better get yourself right. The word of God is not going to change. And if it be in me. And I'm sure I speak for Bobby and any other faithful brother here. And any other faithful member here. God's word ain't going to change with us. God's word wasn't designed to fit you. The Bible calls for you to change and to conform to it. Amen. You're hanging on to some, some piece of meat or some, some devil, somebody that ain't good for you spiritually. You need to let them go. Amen. Move on to something better. Yeah. Let God bless you. Amen. Let God help you. Put more emphasis on building the spiritual man within yourself and stop trying to please yourself with the flesh. Amen. What's our song? Page 98. 98 is our invitation song. 98 is our invitation song. Let us together stand and let us sing. Oh.